Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about Stupid, the new benchmark for intelligence. Boy, if you look at the way this world is today as the way it was two years ago, I think it's turned upside down almost completely. I am really shocked at how much our life has revealed how stupid people can be, especially when you give them power, especially when them give them power via COVID and give them power via our government and listen to lies and, and crap and that all these people have thrown out and put on us as people. We are entrapped by our government. We're entrapped by our stupidity, our a lack of a, a spine to we follow these dumb leaders, these politicians who don't even know where we're going, what we're going, what we're doing. And so we really have to come to grips with the idea that this is the new benchmark. This is where people are resonating. And, you know, if you look at the stupidest person in your life, you're likely to understand that half the population are stupider than that person. And so, you know, we have to really come to grips with this idea that people are embracing this kind of thinking. And, and so let's look at some ingredients of stupid, but then we're going to talk about intelligence. And, and there's a huge dichotomy between that and intelligence. But, you know, you know people uh, procrastinate when they're not very intelligent. There's, the, there's one thing that stupid people do, and that's procrastination. You know, why would you do this thing now when I can do it tomorrow? And then tomorrow comes and the loop starts again. And then the years pass and, and people are still wondering, how is it that they never got a certain thing done? And, and that's an important thing to understand. The, the other thing is, is that, um, you know, maybe stupidity and, and, and uh, idiosity go hand in hand because there is a difference. You know, there's a really important difference between stupid people. Stupid people know they're being stupid. But idiotic people, although they know about it, they keep pushing their stupidity for the masses to enjoy. And so that's kind of what we see in our government. They think they're intelligent, but they're really idiots. And being stupid is about the lack of knowledge and education. So an easy fix would be proper education for the person suffering from it and convincing the stupid person that they need education. That's that's another Achillean battle, um, you know, Achilles heel, by the way. You know, aggressiveness is another quality of people who are stupid. You know, uh, 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 there's this old Persian quote that says, my fists have no rules, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> stupid people rely on aggressiveness to make a point and they can't understand you to to literally show you that you failed to make yourself understood for all the people who use their fist uh, to come out of an argument on top they're idiots there's also uh, people are bad drivers 
Who are idiots? You know, driving is a skill you learn by repetition. You know, you go through driving school, you learn how to drive, and then you can't unlearn it. There's, But it, it's there with you for the rest of your life. And even if you take a break from it, the minute you're in the front of a wheel, again, your skill is right there with you. And bad drivers are idiots. And they have no excuse for doing what they're doing in traffic. Also, inconsistency. This is one of the first things that we need to look for in a person when trying to establish a new relationship with him or her, regardless if it's personal, romantic, or business. If the person is always late, has little to no scheduling skills, uh, delivers good stuff today, but then crap the next three days, then that's enough evidence for the idiot badge and total avoidance to be applied. Also, stubbornness is a quality of stupid people. You know, they're always almost unaware of their status. And it's no no excuse for unwillingness to change. But people that are stubborn, uh, uh, you know, or, that, or if they have no intention of even learning about their options and why they, their own are wrong, you know, if you're not open to change, good vital, healthy change for you because you can't take someone else's opinion into account, you as a person should never be taken seriously. Also, greediness. Being greedy is a sign of stupidity. You know, if you're not using someone else's fortune or fame as a lesson, but as a reason to get angry and miserable, not only you'll never be able to get the fortune and fame, but you'll forever block your entire future from the possibilities that will arise for you. Greedy people are stupid. Yes, we're talking Frank today. I'm not trying to be negative, so I'm going to go to the positive now. So, you know, intelligence is one of the most talked about subjects in all of psychology. And there's no standard definition of what exactly constitutes intelligence, but there's a lot of research out there on it. And it's a single uh, general ability. Others believe that intelligence encompasses a range of aptitudes and skills and talents. So when we're talking about intelligence, we're not just talking about IQ. We're talking about EQ. And we're talking about our common sense and things like that. And I have a theory. I don't know how good it is. But some people of very, very high intellect have very, very little common sense. I'm not saying you know, all people are like that, but I see that often as an ingredient in people is we have these variabilities in certain intellects, like people that are uh, analytical oftentimes have a really hard time dealing with emotional intelligence, you know, but it, it's a really controversial topic. And, and it's uh, despite the substantial interest in it, you know, there's also judgment that comes from it. And so all of us have different talents, and we need to understand that intelligence is not a demeaning conversation. Intelligence is about understanding what your talents are, what your passions are, what your purpose is. It has a lot to do with your skills and how you can help other people's lives. You know, some people learn from experience, you know. Uh, uh, intelligence can be uh, experiential, meaning we are learning experientially and the acquisition actively and the use of knowledge that we gain by actively throwing ourselves into different situations where we don't have expertise can really be some of the most valuable knowledge we'll ever have. Also, you know, intellect involves, involves recognizing problems. 
you know, to put uh, knowledge to use, people must be able to identify problems in the environment that need to be addressed. Also, solving problems. People must be able to take away what they have learned to come up with useful solutions to a problem they have noticed wherever in their life, in their world, in their just the moment that they're in. And, and it also involves a different mental abilities like logic and reasoning and problem solving, planning. You know, while the subject of intelligence is one of the most heavily researched, it's also one of the topics that generate the greatest controversy because it's so diverse. You know, the psychologists usually disagree about the definition and the causes of intelligence. You know, um, there, there's also in decisions regarding how much uh, funding should be given in, in, in educational programs to test uh, people's intelligence and their areas of intelligence. You know, but the IQ, the intelligence quotient, is first coined back in the 20th century. And it was done by uh, William Stern, who was a, a German uh, psychologist. And then um, Alfred Binet developed the first uh, intelligence test to help the French government identify school children who needed extra academic in, uh, assistance. And Binet was the first to introduce the concept of mental age or set of abilities that children of certain ages possess, which moved us into Eric Erickson, who also did the development of the human being all the way from birth to the end of life. And so, you know, since the beginning of time, intelligence has emerged, and it's a widely used tool to help people understand what different people's skill sets are and to help them be successful by placing them in areas where they would be successful. And, and so there's a lot of theories and there's a lot of stuff around that. So when we look at, you know, how we offer a theory of intelligence, let's understand the different categories of intelligence. There's associative memory, which is the, the ability to memorize and recall. There's numerical ability, and that's solving arithmetic problems. Then there's per perceptual speed, the ability to see differences and similarities among different objects. There's also reasoning, that's the ability to find rules. And also spatial visualization, and that's to visualize ahead, think ahead, to be able to, to imagine what something's going to look like, you know, what something's going to be like before you do it. Um, like there's verbal comprehension, it's the ability to find and understand words. That can be extremely important, you know, and the ability to produce words rapidly is what's called word fluency. And then uh, we have other ideas that about uh, different intelligences like bodily and kinesthetic intelligence, the ability to control your body movements, handle objects uh, skillfully. Then there's interpersonal intelligence, the ability to detect and respond to people's moods, their motivations, their desires. And then there's this uh, uh, musical intelligence, which is the ability to produce and, and appreciate rhythm and pitch and tim, uh, timbre, and also naturalistic intelligence. And that's the ability to uh, recognize and categorize animals and plants and other objects in nature. Can you imagine that we have all these different variables as far as intellect is concerned that each of us are uh, uh, gifted with in some way or another? 
Also, verbal linguistic intelligence, and that's the development of verbal skills and sensitive to moods and sounds and meanings and the rhythms of words. And so, you know, if, if we're able to also think in terms of images and pictures, and then uh, we recognize them and actually visualize them in a way that we can present, that is enormous uh, amount of intelligence that it takes to be a person like that. You know, and intelligence is something you have to continue doing. You can't just be intelligent. You have to actually vest in the hard work to become more and more and more intelligent in your life. So there's this thing called analytical intelligence, and that's evaluating information, solving problems. Some people are highly analytical. Some people have creative intelligence. God bless them. They come up with new ideas. You know, that's a genius. You know, it's one thing to innovate, but it's another thing to actually invent. And people who have the ability to invent things are on a very, very uh, high scale of intelligence, uh, unlike almost all of us. You know, some societies like Japan and Rome uh, were built on uh, innovation and not their own creation. And so, you know, they build, they would take things that were already successful and then they would move on into trying to innovate it and to make it even better than it was before. And, you know, there's also this thing called practical intelligence. And that means you're able to adapt and you're able to change based on your environment. And, you know, and, and so there's a lot of questions to get a deeper understanding of intelligence and say, you know, is it inherited? Is it a single ability or does it involve, you know, a multiple skills and abilities? You know, uh, are, are the intelligence, you know, tests, are they, are they biased in some way? You know, is, is uh, you know, what do intelligence scores predict, if anything? You know, to look at that, there's a lot of research about the nature and the influences and the effects of intelligence. You know, we're not all naturally skilled at the same things. Some are more athletic. Some have better coordination. Some pick up language, words faster at a young age, while others are good with numbers and visualizing patterns. But most people don't fully understand their range of abilities as a result because most of us are lazy. A lot of us will resonate to the lowest common denominator of what's acceptable by other people. Unfortunately, you know, that creates what's called a mediocre life, which can be very lazy and very sad. But there's a lot of people that don't put enough uh, 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 hard work into trying to become intelligent. Some people just want to get by, and that's okay. That's what life is, and it's always been that way as a human race. You know, some people might enjoy their jobs but struggle to identify, you know, effective learning techniques that, that will make them uh, be better at their job. You know, but multiple intelligences, if you want to think about that, you, you know, to get a better sense of your skills and abilities, it's it's really good to try to understand just what and try to test on just what your intellects are so that it will, instead of being subconscious knowledge, it will become conscious knowledge. And now you can do the hard work to refine that, that intellect and use that intellect to propel you into life, maybe help you survive, maybe help you make a living, and God forbid you help other people. You know, if we look at um, the spatial intelligence, what is that? And that's, once again, the ability to think abstractly in a whole bunch of different dimensions. 
And and so, you know, it's something required in that is, uh, is somebody that works maybe in architecture or graphic design or photography, interior design, maybe aviation. So those kind of folks that have spatial intelligence would be like a pilot or a fashion designer or architect, a surgeon, an artist, maybe an engineer. And the people that have that bodily, like we talked about earlier, bodily kinesthetic intelligence, that is the ability to use your body in a way that demonstrates physical and athletic strength. And if you have the skill, you can be an athletic, effortlessly running, you can athlete with no effort running down a field and passing uh, other people or, or competing without any problem. You know, somebody that has that kinesthetic intelligence, that body kinesthetic, those people are like dancers, physical therapists, athletes, mechanics, builders, actors, and people that have musical intelligence, they're sensitive to rhythm, pitch, uh, meter, tone, melody, and, and, and tim. And so they entail the ability to sing or play musical instruments. And, and people like that are, are very well known, you know, Beethoven, Jimi Hendrix, Aretha Franklin, you know, so somebody like that that has musical intelligence would be somebody like a singer, a musical conductor, a DJ, a music teacher, a songwriter, uh, somebody that writes compositions. All right, we're going to take another break, a break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about the different breakouts of intelligence and examples of what they are. And then we're going to talk more about the roots of intelligence. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about stupid, the new benchmark for intelligence. You know, I think in the next Diagnostic Manual for Mental Health, the DSM-6, I think it would be a good idea to put stupid as a diagnosis. I think it could be an enormously awakening experience for someone to recognize that they're either an idiot, an idiot meaning a person who doesn't know they're stupid, they may suspect it, and then there's also the other kind of person that's stupid, they know they're stupid because they act stupid, and people point it out. So the bottom line is we need to really understand the difference between intelligence and stupidity. And right now, I would say our society, our the way we're going, our government, our the people that run our lives to the ground are just completely idiots. And I'm sorry to say that, but I, I really believe there is a lot of idiot going on right now. All right, now there's this thing called linguistic intelligence, and that's called language intelligence. And this involves sensitivity to the meaning of words, the order among words, the sound, the rhythms, the inflections, the meter of words, those who score high in that are good at writing stories or memorizing information or reading. That would be like a poet or a novelist or a journalist or an editor or a lawyer or an English professor. If any of these things truly exist as they used to, that would be a great thing. That would be a great thing um, to be that kind of a person who is linguistically intelligent. They are good communicators and they are good at igniting our imagination. Unfortunately, the media has turned to be uh, idiots. (laughs) You know, they love to just write what they think and then they let uh, they don't have the evidence And then they either will uh, take it back or they'll revise it uh, or whatever. But they're really just trying to make their own opinion uh, be what we have to believe as people. It's sad to see that, but that's the way it goes. There's also uh, logical mathematical intelligence, and that's the ability to analyze problems logically carry out uh, mathematical operations, investigate the issues scientifically. And people that have that kind of intelligence is your Albert Einsteins and your Bill Gates. They're skilled at developing uh, 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 equations and proofs and solving abstract problems. That would be your programmer, like a computer programmer, a mathematician, economist, an accountant, a scientist, an engineer, maybe even a CEO. You know, There's also this thing, and we're trying to come to grips. What is intelligence? Well, there's interpersonal intelligence. And those folks are are effective with others. They're sensitive to others' moods, uh, to their feelings, to their temperaments, to their motivations. And and it's being able to understand and relate to those around you is very important in their interpersonal intelligence. And that would be like a, a psychologist, a salesperson, a publicist, a politician, God forbid, a team manager, a negotiator, people like that can be highly intelligent in that department. And then there's also the 
intrapersonal intelligence. And that's where someone is sensitive to their own feelings, their own goals, their own anxieties, and the capacity to plan and act in the light of their own traits. So these people are hard chargers, and they're, they're, they, they are not in any specific career, but it's a goal of every individual and in complex modern society where they have to make consequential decisions for themselves. Some of those folks would be like a therapist or a counselor or a psychologist, Maybe an entrepreneur or a philosopher or a theorist. You know, it's out there. Then there's this naturalistic intelligence. What is that? Well, as you see, there's so many nuances to intelligence, you know. And they, these guys see naturalistic intelligence as nuances in nature. And that includes the distinction between plants and animals, other elements of life. And so, you know, people like that would be like your Charles Darwin or your Jane Goodall. They're like geologists or farmers or botanists or biologists or conservatives, uh, cons uh, conservationists, duh. And then the florist may be somebody like that. So, you know, you want to build on your personal strengths. If you struggle to assess yourself, ask people closest to you for their observations about you or consider the things that you gravitated towards during your youth. You know, it's usually when we're kids, we pick up activities closely linked to our innate abilities. You know, keep in mind that this is just a quick and simple exercise to provide you a clearer sense of, of strengths. And so that's what's important here is we're just trying to lay the ideas into your brain and to lay the concepts so that you can come to grips with where you fall in, where your passion and purpose might be. You know, uh, you know, go to the top of your skills and figure that out. Go to where your passions are. Go to where you want your purpose to be. But you cannot do that without doing hard. You've got to do the work. You can't just presume you know it all. A lot of people do presume they know, but they don't take the time, have the patience, or have the ability, the will to actually get things done and learn in their passions. So some people will go to mediocrity. There's a lot of very highly brilliant people out there that are just completely lazy people that don't do anything with the skill. I would suggest that the highly intellectual people that we see out there are, are probably the bottom of the most intelligent people. Unfortunately, they don't have the common sense to go put their intelligence to work. You know, we're gifted with all these intelligences, but do we make them work? That's the question. You know, when we gain a deeper understanding to our natural talents, we have a better chance of figuring out how to achieve goals in both our personal and our professional lives. And, and, and you know, if we look at the roots, you know, if, if you uh, read a roadmap upside down, uh, you know, excelling at chess and generating synonyms for, for synonyms for brilliant may seem like three different skills, but each is is a, is a measurable indicator of your general intelligence. So, if you look at it, problem-solving ability, spatial mo um, manipulation, and language acquisition is relatively stable uh, across a person's lifetime. That's a great thing. That person has has the ability and has the opportunity to really express a lot of incredible intelligence. You know, research has shown that IQ is generally strongly correlated with positive life outcomes, including health, longevity, job performance, adult income. 
It's also uh, protective in ways that are not fully understood. You know, people with high IQs seem to be at an advantage of coping with traumatic events. They're less likely to develop PTSD, and they're more capable of overcoming it when they do. And, you know, they may experience a less rapid decline if they actually get Alzheimer's disease because they've cultivated their brain's intelligence and they valued that. That's an important way to live. That's important for our longevity. You know, if you think about it, if you take a depressed person or a person who's uh, um, anxious and you stick them out in the middle of a jungle, what do you think is going to happen to them? You know, the depression and anxiety are something that we have developed since we sit on our butt and are stationary. We were meant to be outdoors doing our thing, hunting and gathering and doing all the stuff that we – that's how our bodies are built. Unfortunately, our bodies are, are deteriorating and people are getting diabetes left and right because they've been afforded the ability to sit on their butts, especially during COVID, and not – exercise, not become taking care of their bodies, not taking care of their health. And that is not a good thing. That is stupid to do that. We have to also understand we are physical people. We need to get out there and learn about nature and learn how to survive. That's an important skill. And and it's important to understand that we're capable of that because it builds self-esteem. It also is in line with who we are as people. So physical labor is not something that we want to run away from. It's something that we want to embrace. Once again, if you put an anxious person or a depressed person in the middle of a jungle, what do you think is going to happen to them? They're going to be dead. We cannot afford to be in this life depressed or anxious. However, it's pervasive. It's pervasive right now because people are stationary. And when people do that, they become stupid and They become idiots and they exercise that ability and then they do stupid things. If you put a person by themselves for too long of a time where they have too long to think, that person is eventually going to do something stupid or crazy or say something stupid or crazy or take on a position that is stupid or crazy because they got too much time in their head. They come to a decision and then all they look for is ways to validate their own choices. It's strange, but that's how we work. You know, people who are high in a personality trait of openness tend to be more mentally flexible. You know, surprise, surprise, verbally affluent people may it may like to take creative, unconventional approaches to solving problems. You know, extroverted people are also uh, more likely to score higher on, on, the, on the test of uh, verbal fluency because they tend to talk more. And be less concerned about mistakes. And people that are higher in the trait of of consciousness tend to perform better on memory tasks because they're generally better organized and willing to work harder. You know, is it true that we use only 10% of our brain? Well, research has said no, uh, not even close. You know, it's, it's, it's a myth. The survey that found 50% of uh, science teachers believe it was true has no basis. That's where it came from way a long time ago. But we use all kinds of different parts of our brain, but we don't always exercise the muscle. And that's unfortunate because the brain is a muscle. It holds 33% of our blood supply and it runs the show. It's what keeps you alive. So, for instance, 
If you're going to be stressed and anxious, you're not going to be breathing very well. You're going to be breathing through your nose because you're clenching your teeth and you only breathe through one nostril at a time. Every four hours, it flips back and forth. That's why we get boogers. And so the bottom line is a person's going to be anxious because they're stealing the oxygen that runs all our organs out of the bloodstream because the brain commands it when we're anxious. And so the brain will hold all that in there and hold all that oxygen in it to run the show. Everybody else is going to sputter and we're going to be anxious and not very functional until we drink water, which has about 86% oxygen, not air. Air has 23. And so what we really need to do is drink water when you're anxious. Surprise, surprise. It will actually help you. You know, um, exercise, cardio is a big boost of intelligence. It makes your brain, aerobic exercise, cardio exercise, will will put your brain in great shape. You know, uh, 20 minutes, 20 minutes of a brisk walk is 60% of an antidepressant. And I'm not talking about the high dose, the low dose. But but what I'm trying to say is, you know, we have to embrace that. We have to understand. Also, do you, can you believe it? But but video games games can also boost intelligence because it requires often strategy, creativity, teamwork, and they tend to have a higher IQ. Uh, uh, people that excel in that, you know, it's not it's not necessarily the most important ingredient, but it does exercise the brain's uh, puzzle based strategies, you know. Uh, particularly those involving complex and changing environments. And it's also got problem solving and spatial uh, skills. It's also got persistence that is needed. And so, the, you know, those results are, are really understanding that we are fully capable of operating even in the, instead of just the video game in life that way. And so, you know, there's all kinds of understandings of how our brain can work and how it can help us. You know, there's very little difference, by the way, from research. There's very little difference between the IQ between men and women. Men, men are overrepresented uh, in, in this, the distribution. This means that more men and women have scores that reflect severe retardation. More men than women score profoundly gifted and genius. You know, research shows that men are, are more likely than women to overstate their intelligence. You know, about 71%, by the way. And so, you know, it's, it's sad, but true. You know, uh, 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 71% of, P- of men claim to be smarter. 59% of women uh, 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 claim to be smarter. And so, yeah, also, we, let's look at the psychopaths. Are they smarter than other people? You know, there's a stereotype that people high in the trade of psychopathy are smarter than most others because they are skilled at both presenting a false facade to the potential victims and at manipulating targets into doing what they want people to do. But research has shown that's not the case. In fact, there's a lot of studies that find psychopaths are generally less intelligent than others, particularly so when it comes to capabilities like recognizing emotions. You know, so why do they seem so intelligent and devious? Well, researchers suggest it's because they constantly target people with schemes to the point that they even, if their percentage of success is low, they do occasionally hit the target. And so, you know, that's kind of a scary thing to think about, but they're out there. Also, narcissists are smarter than others. No, they're not. 
many become obsessed with the idea that they could be. But if you really look at narcissism, they find that the belief in their intellectual superiority is often uh, uh, crucial to their identity because they're the most insecure people out there. They don't like themselves. And so they need to have a codependent to prop them up and make them look good. You know, they're the type of people that are grandiose. They love to gaslight everybody else and basically teach them how, how stupid they are compared to, to, to the narcissist. You know, it's that you're crazy, not me. That's the strategy. And all it is is to keep everybody off their game. And they put this high value on their intelligence. And, and, and then there's the vulnerable narcissists who tend to be more introverted, insecure, neurotic. They're not as likely to believe that they're smarter than others, but they're more likely than others to find taking intelligence tests to be really stressful. You know, and it's also been believed that left-handed people are smarter than right-handers. That's not the fact. That they're they're actually the right-handers, and I'm a left-hander by the way. The right-handers had in research a little bit more intelligence, by the way, um, but it's not significant. <laughs> Thanks God. All right. So you know, if we wonder, are humans? smarter than artificial intelligence. Well, humans are what create artificial intelligence, but eventually artificial intelligence is going to be our intelligence because we're becoming dumber and dumber and dumber by the day. You know, this is a, 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 a core philosophical question. You know, the artificial intelligence systems will increase in power, and as they increase in power, as they have over just even the last 10 years, humans become more concerned of how many aspects of work, decision-making, even creative production could eventually be turned over to computers. Well, eventually the computers will take over us because artificial intelligence and things like that will be planted in us and we will integrate with computers. Is that scary or what? All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about stupid, the new benchmark of intelligence. You know, it's just a, it's a thing that is going on in this world is like with COVID, we're, once again, we're starting to see how stupid people can be in making uh, decisions locally uh, for people and making decisions broadly from a presidential level to Congress, spending money like crazy, trying to pacify everyone, trying to get people uh, to come into our country with no borders, uh, fentanyl through the roof, fentanyl out there replacing Xanax and, and uh, uh, um, or Percocets and, and opiates and stuff like that. And these people are dying left and right because they're replaced. They bought, we've got pills coming from China through the Mexican border that are basically, they're all fentanyl, but people think they're these medications and they're not. And it's sad. It's just sad, but that's the way it is. And that's another form of stupidity that we are so ignorant as a country that we just look the other way. You know, some there are some tasks, and we were talking about artificial intelligence earlier, but there's some tasks that humans perform better. One of them would be uh, uh, image recognition. They can also be more, uh, humans are more flexible and adaptive learners. And some argue that human propensity to ask original questions also sets us apart from a machine, along with the ability to leverage others, people's intelligence while solving problems together. Wouldn't it be nice if people were more curious and, and involved other people instead of try to do everything themselves? You know, the vast majority of people claim that they find intelligence to be among the most desirable traits in a romantic partner. As with other favorable traits, this, this appeal most strongly influences initial interest in a new partner. Once people begin dating, other factors like personality and conflict style play important roles in determining whether a couple will stay together. But for a certain group, intelligence is their primary erotic turn-on. And some research suggests that these individuals are known as sapiosexuals, and they may represent a distinct sexual orientation and and whether uh, one finds intelligence to be a turn-on does not seem to be determined by one's own level of intelligence but for sapiosexuals even gender and looks may not be a vital factor to sexual attraction as would intelligence be and and there's a a lot of uh, uh, studies out there by the way that uh, adolescents find more intellect individuals will be more liked by peers than others. 
Um, and, and although other research finds that more intelligent people tend to like fewer people than others and prefer being with other intelligent people, in the dating pool, smarter people may be at an advantage because others' preference for being with smarter people is strongest at the beginning of relationships. And also, intelligence can be an advantage or a disadvantage in finding a partner. Generally, it's an advantage, although some research suggests that the most intelligent people may be disadvantaged because when people are asked to consider whether they would want to date people of different percent, um, percentiles of intelligence, the favorable increase steady from 50% to 90th. And so at, at what point interest was declined, research is consistent with other findings that even the most appealing traits uh, tend not to be desired in the extreme. So intellect is the first thing that a lot of people who are looking for a serious partner, not a sexual partner, but a serious partner, that's one of the things that they really are trying to identify. You know, both men and women claim that they are uh, at least as attracted to intelligence as good looks. And especially for men, that's not always the case. But the idea that highly intelligent women may be a disadvantage in the dating pool, um, that's no myth. Men tend to shy away from women who are clearly more intelligent than they are. And women are less likely to have the same reaction to an intelligent man. So experts suggest that an in intelligent woman avoid dating are dumbing them down themselves down to to attract a partner or going out of their way to support the partner's ego, as in the end of those strategies will likely end in an unfulfilling relationship. You know, there's a whole lot of uh, signs of intelligence too, good memory and thinking ability. You know, there's a whole lot of types of memory, and we typically observe a person's working memory access and flexibility of remembering things, and accuracy and reliability of declaring uh, of a declarative memory. So working memory is the short-term temporary memory, and it's, it's used to hold and manipulate information in the mind. And, uh, you know, like calculating a tip or remembering directions. And then there's access to flexibility of remembering things are, are, are about as easy as a person can think about flexibility that access previously learned information. And when we have the ability to access previously learned information, we have a good what's called declarative memory. We remember experiences, facts, trivia. All that information is stored in our brain, and to have access to that and to continue to access and build our knowledge, it creates what's called active thinking, which is uh, our fluid intelligence. Also, you know, it's intelligent to have a good attitude and a hardworking nature. That means you have a will. You have a desire. You operate off of that. You don't operate of how do I feel today. You know, people tend to believe that a huge portion of intelligence comes from hard work and a good attitude towards making things like learning and relationships, social life, criticism, feedback. Essentially, both emotional intelligence uh, characteristics like working hard, having a good attitude help people grow. And, you know, hard work is like consistency and growing through failure. You know, failure is a scientific process. So many get picked, uh, freaked out if they fail. It's not important if you fail. It's more important how you choose to respond to failure and what you learn from it. You know, but people get hung up on the fear of failure like 
they are supposed to be the the most important person in the world. No, we all fail. That's what we're supposed to do. We do fail. We do learn. We do grow. You know, there's also um, knowledge that's called, you know, like your tactile knowledge or which is your feeling knowledge, like feeling fingers, you know, touching or your general type of, of, of knowledge. And that's, you know, intelligence is a, is a practical concern on job performance, on academic success, self-management, social growth. You know, those dimensions of life require general knowledge. And tactic knowledge, which is the ability to understand and uh, um, you know understand things that that turn around always said out loud. That is your meta communication, your nonverbal. Seventy percent of our communication is nonverbal. You know, then there's this cultural sensitivity that we have to watch out for, and flirting and conversational dynamics. It really depends on what kind of knowledge we acquire. Through our body language, through touch, through actions, through, through trial and error, life experiences, observations, you know, we're constantly in a process of growing. So many people freak out because they think their life's going to be where it is right now. And it's not. Your life's a process and it's ever changing and it's dynamic and it's, uh, it's just this constant moving process. And we're always looking for outcomes, but outcomes don't. Uh, offer a whole lot of motivation. What offers motivation is investing in the process. That's what making. Uh, 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 that's what you know. Like if you're going to watch sports, it's not just the end of the ball game that's so important. It's the process that leads to the end of the ball game where we get our greatest joy. Also, you know, good language and reasoning skills is really intelligent. And using your your verbal ability and reasoning ability and problem solving, all of that together is really good common sense. And 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 so if we look at that, our problem solving, you know, is really important. But you have to understand before you get to problem solving, before you get to to language proficiency, you always have to understand that there is a emotional connection to whatever thoughts we have. And before we're able to actually process our reasoning skills and our proficiency, our logic is what I'm talking about, we have to weigh through our emotional attachment. That's the first thing. Weigh through the emotional attachment, and now we can go logic to logic. Also, you know, an expert at decision-making never makes a decision when they're emotional. That's a no-no. We should never, ever make emotional decisions. We need to make reliable decisions if we're going to be a person of integrity. You know, a hallmark of an expert is the ability to make decisions that prove effective most of the time. And that reliability requires experience and knowledge, global and local uh, ideas, consultation on a continuous basis, And a global analysis is looking at a big picture without emotion. You look at it with logic. And that is our most important tool when we're thinking about reliable decision making. You know, an intelligent expert, we don't have much in our leadership out there, but an intelligent expert can accurately estimate how things could turn out in the future or predict realistic possibilities with confidence. And so the expert can then evaluate decisions, and one could say that they develop superior intuition, but research suggests that people with high cognitive capacity even have better intuition. 
And also, because of traits like reliable decision-making, knowledge, memory, problem-solving, people tend to trust them and look for their guidance. So people that often hold integrity in their life and are sought for their wisdom, these folks, and that wisdom is not just IQ, guys. It's not just an intellectual intelligence. It's, it's any kind of intelligence. If you can be trusted for that, you become somebody valuable and reliable in this life. Also, people that are creative, you know, they may not, they may, but people are creative are really intelligent. You know, they, they often mistaken logical ability, but, you know, their mental ability, their creative uh, depends on the baseline intelligence because any form of creative work requires at least problem solving, broad or narrow thinking, attention to details, specialized skills, knowledge, and an active imagination. Plus, they have to be practice, practice, practice. They have to continue to be vested in their creativity if they want that creativity to excel in their life. And also, all intelligent people may not have high achievements, but people who have high achievements have probably earned them with their intelligence. So they weren't given them. There's a lot of angry people out there that think they're smarter than everybody else in the world, and they're just sitting around doing nothing. And it's sad but it's the people that get off their butts and do something with their intelligence, people that do hard things, people that think of other people instead of their own selfish interests, those people will generally be sought after, not the high intellect who's angry because everybody else is stupid. Um, you know, a lot of IQ uh, comes through the, the achievement. People tend to believe success comes from good habits, perfect timing, smart decisions, practical intelligence. You know, we grossly underestimate how important luck and randomness is in our success and opportunities. But that, you know, being intelligent enough to take advantage of an opportunity that's right before our eyes and having the will to do that is intelligent in itself. You know, there's also this thought of intuition. And if you're a peaceful person, you have a higher capacity to understand what intuition is. It's our sixth sense. It's how we read a room. It's how we read other people. It's how we problem solve. It's how we're able to speculate what will or will not happen. It's also understanding logical reasoning. And so, you know, intuition is largely unconscious, but it's how the brain processes things without your awareness. And if that processing is better, intuition gets better. And if you can trust your intuition, that is a great thing to have. You know, there, there are uh, some people, by the way, who are intelligent are prone to mental illness because they deny their mental illness. You know, it's, it's, it's not something that that's, it gets in their way. It's something that, that hurts them. So they don't develop their EQ. They don't even invest in their EQ. And unfortunately, we do get a lot of uh, anxiety, uh, romantic success problems. Uh, you know, cognitive uh, abilities, uh, people that are, you know, uh, not have access to a full bank of emotions. And it's sad, but they're out there. All right. Well, I've been harping on. That's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You know, I love hearing from you. You can do that at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, the difference between stupidity and intelligence is intelligence has limits. That's Albert Einstein. The measure of intelligence depends on your ability to change. Also, light is faster than sound. This is why people appear bright before they actually open their mouth. <laughs> and whatever you do, give 
unless you're donating blood. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 